1: St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit.
0: Those are hooves. Elk or goat? kind of goat walks on its hind
1: legs? He is the shadow of St. Nicholas. It's Christmas. Nothing bad's gonna happen on Christmas. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to
2: your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host,
1: Arman Haddad. Seasons greetings and Merry Christmas. Welcome to a special episode of Syndicates. I'm your host, Arman Haddad. Today we are celebrating the most wonderful time of the year by taking a glimpse at the shadow of St. Nicholas as we dive into the 2015 film Krampus. But before we attempt to survive Krampusnacht, I am joined by two very wonderful guests. The first is a Twitch streamer and a demonology expert, Ali Messenbrink. Allie, welcome back.
2: Thank you. Glad to be back.
1: Yeah, it's always a party when you're here. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and the second is a fellow Chicago podcaster from WSTR, Galactic Public Access, the sound daddy himself, Aaron Julian. Aaron, I'm glad you're here.
0: Armand, thank you again for having me back. It's always a pleasure to be on your show.
1: <laughs> yeah, Always a
0: pleasure just to hang out and talk about horrific, horrific things <laughs> like Krampus.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you two are here again. We are, we're having a bit of a Gremlins reunion because we watched Gremlins last Christmas. And now we gather once again to watch Krampus, another holiday horror movie. So before we jump into the 2015 film, I got to ask, before watching this movie, did you guys ever hear of the story of Krampus? Aaron, I'm going to start with you.
0: No, I had not. I, through pop culture osmosis, kind of heard about Krampus, kind of in the same way that you hear about Slenderman, but right. didn't actually know anything specific about that tale.
1: Very interesting. Yeah, like for me... I just like similar, but with you, like um, I just heard rumors of like this Krampus figure, but I didn't really know much about him. Ali, did you know about Krampus before watching this movie that I subjected you to? (laughs)
2: yes i um i did um my friends and my friend in high school and i used to talk about him like he told me the story about how krampus takes all the bad children um and so we would talk about krampus like all during the holidays and actually a couple years ago it's actually happening this weekend i like to go to this like little holiday witchy thing and i have a little krampus magnet that i put up every holiday
1: oh my god (laughs) yeah so you are the demonology expert
0: (laughs) Was this a part of your kind of demonology interest that you knew about this, or was this kind of after Krampus started becoming more of a well-known figure in the U.S.?
2: Well, I'm not like actually a demonologist, but I'm liking this. Maybe <laughs> I'll actually get a okay. certificate because this sounds. I guess I have all this knowledge I didn't know. No, I just I don't. Oh. I like spooky things. I don't know. I okay. just I like Krampus. I I've like misunderstood things. You know.
1: Gotcha. That makes sense.
2: I'll probably die from one of these demons. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just enroll in Miskatonic University. You'll be fine. Oh yeah, possibly go wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like for me, I heard about Krampus for the first time in high school. Um, a lot of my classmates would talk about weird things like Xenu, and uh, Krampus got brought up around Christmas time. And I did a little bit of research into it back in the day, and I was surprised seeing these European countries having parades for krampus and dressing up as krampus i'm like why don't we have that in the united states like that's so metal like what we have here is like the nerfed version
2: well we had that year where everyone was like clowns i mean it's kind (laughs) of scary is that 2016
1: that was i feel like i feel like it was that year
2: maybe it was a weird year
1: (laughs) yeah that was that was such a balls to the wall year. I completely forgot about that. Like when things couldn't get more weirder, uh, the forces of nature were like Send in the clowns.
2: <laughs> we also had those murder hornets. Where did they go?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that was almost two years ago now. Twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, hopefully they're all dead. Maybe coronavirus killed them.
0: Maybe. <laughs> the only
1: silver lining. Yeah. So, okay. So Krampus. It's an Eastern German thing. And I don't know about, I don't know if you know this, Aaron, but did you know that it predated Christianity over there? No, I didn't. Yeah. So you would think because like we're watching a holiday movie, uh, it's a, it is known as the shadow of St. Nicholas. But Krampus is actually a pagan uh, deity almost like dating back to like Norse mythology. It's like a this uh demon that's comes forth and if you're bad around winter solstice, he'll come and eat you and drag you to hell. Allie, did you know about this? I feeling like you know I
2: actually this. didn't brush up on Krampus, so I I didn't know he predated that. That's as I love to learn new things. It's great.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And one, one side note before we really get into it, um, the Pope tried to outlaw it in Germany because this isn't like a German Ooh. thing over there. Yeah, he was like, you know, this isn't right. Uh, we need to worship St. Nicholas and maybe Santa Claus back then. But like he tried getting rid of it because of its pagan roots. But the German people are like, no, we shall honor Krampus as part of the German lexicon. And I thought we need to scare
2: our children.
1: It's the German way. Yeah. (laughs) How do you make them good? Scare the crap out of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So getting into the film, um, did you, since this is an older film, 2015, did you two hear about the movie before watching it this year?
2: I actually didn't. I never came across it for, I don't know why.
1: Hmm.
0: I did because uh, my roommate, like Christmas for him is like a three month affair. Like he, it's his favorite holiday and his uh, joy for it is contagious. And so we start like decorating for Christmas, like before Thanksgiving. And uh, we we have like a weekly movie watching party at our apartment. It's mostly been Star Wars and like working our way through the different shows. But uh, for December... Yeah, for December, um, maybe after the show, we'll talk about Christmas and Star Wars because it's a very weird connection. But anyway, for Christmas, um, we started watching first like Christmas adjacent movies. So like it's not about Christmas, but Christmas is a part of it. And then we like ramp it up with like more and more explicitly Christmas movies. And uh, so we have to make a list every year. Uh, much like St. Nick and Krampus was on that list uh, this year where I'm like, yeah, I've heard of this movie. Just never actually like sat down and watched it. Uh, So what a pleasant surprise when Armand was like, hey, let's watch Krampus.
1: I'm like, (laughs) sure, let's go for it. Wow. What a serendipitous moment. I had no idea that you two were so into Christmas that you would watch a marathon of Christmas movies and Krampus I'm glad, bless that list with his dark presence over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, I actually saw this in theaters back in the day. Oh, yes. Fun. I, I saw it. You hipster. Ho- yeah, I, <laughs> I guess. And I saw it at Hollywood Boulevard uh, for those Chicago natives that heard about that place. Excellent and, choice. And I was not prepared for the movie. At all. Like I was completely enamored. And back then, I actually haven't seen Gremlins back then. So like, this was a completely new experience for me watching a holiday horror movie. And I was completely blown out of the water. Uh, Adam Scott did a great job. You know, he even had like, a brief role of David. uh, What's his name? Koshner? I just know him from uh, Harold and Kumar, Escape from Mm -hmm. Guantanamo Bay, and those other characters that he plays. Like, he's such a great character actor. But, like, watching this movie, I was like, oh my God. Like, I had no idea that Christmas could be scary. (laughs) And, like, with our modern sensibilities, like, Christmas is very family friendly, very wholesome. But, uh, like, if you turn the clock back, not even that long ago, because, like, Say if you turn it back to like 50 years, like, I don't know about you two, but like, I have like a decent record uh, collection and I have some Christmas albums. So I put on Bing Crosby and one of his big songs, he's like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And he talks about, uh, we tell ghost stories of long, long ago. I I was always like, what does that mean? Ghost stories? I was thinking about that the other day. So I'm like,
0: yeah, because uh, my roommate and I were talking about Christmas carols and that one came up and I'm like, is this really about Christmas in particular? Or is or is it like this like quarter of the year? Because like, why would ghost stories be in it if if, if this was like a Thanksgiving song or a Christmas song? Like, is it talking about like the whole time from Halloween all the way up to the new year? That was my theory. And we're like, oh, we don't know.
2: There was a. I saw this TikTok where this girl went. Over. I forgot what Christmas song it was, but she said that these were the original lyrics and they had been changed. And it, I think it was "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." And it was about how like it could be your last one. And I think it's because of like wow. the 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 bombing and the fallout shelters and stuff like that, where oh, they were wow. scared that like oh we might die. So
1: enjoy oh, Christmas. <laughs> wow, that's
2: what I, I saw on the TikTok. Who knows if that's true? But it was interesting. <laughs>
1: I mean, I could totally see that being a sentiment with, like, the Cold War and uh, Mm -hmm. the nuclear bombs. Yeah, last Christmas, you gave me a bomb shelter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gives a whole new meaning to Red Menace. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) So, like, let me shed a little light uh, for you, Aaron and Allie. So, I did a little research, and apparently, back in the day, uh, Christmas... The whole month of December was kind of like a hybrid of New Year's and Halloween, so it was like, okay, this spooky spiritual supernatural dark time, uh given you know the ending of the year, the darkest uh the shortest times of the day, the winter solstice, so like it makes sense that people would gather around the campfire and tell ghost stories uh during that time. It has since evolved into this uh what do you call it this uh uh, corporate uh, commercialized mess that we all inhabit now. So, like, mm-hmm. I do long for that old days of like the 1950s or even prior, where it's like kind of like spooky time uh, to huddle around family and uh, give gifts. So, I mean, I do... the
2: opening scene with the mobs—it's scary. It's its own horror show. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> with all the shopping. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You know that like sets the tone right out of the gate uh, with this movie. How you just, like, see uh, the madness within the stores. So before we go any further, you two know what time it is. It's time. Oh, boy. For some elevator pitches.
2: Please stand clear of the closing So for
1: those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So here today on Syndicate, we're going to split that time between 30 seconds each. Allie, you're going to go first. Ladies first. Aaron. You're going to finish Allie's pitch. You two are going to summarize Krampus 2015 within one minute while avoiding major spoilers. Are you two ready? No. (laughs) 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 But it's going to happen anyways. So we're going to start in three, two, one, go.
2: You should... Definitely check out Krampus. It's got a lot of star-studded cast. It's fun. It's bouncy. It's lighthearted. It tells the tale of Krampus. It's a little more Americanized. And it's it's scary. It's spooky. It's a a unique way to spend your holiday season.
1: Absolutely. Aaron, go.
0: Okay, so in this movie... Uh, We have a dysfunctional family. They're not getting along. It's Christmas time and it just makes all these problems worse. And at the center of it, this kid named Max is just fed up. He wishes that Christmas was just the way it used to be. And magically, a storm rolls in, knocks out all the power and they find themselves subject to Krampus and his army of evil demonic assistants as they (laughs) uh, start to wreak havoc on this family.
1: Yes, with 10 seconds to spare. Good job, you two. Mm.
2: It's like his own gremlins, Krampus's gremlins.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and Allie, since you said the G word, yeah, it's, this is totally like, I don't know, maybe this is our generation's uh, gremlins, but like this is definitely a lighthearted and also dark take uh, on the holiday. And I do appreciate that fusion happening, this horror comedy, dark comedy uh, with Krampus. So, yeah, we alluded to uh, the beginning earlier with uh, this uh, Black Friday, I guess, scene of people going absolutely haywire, uh, stomping into, I believe it's called Megamart or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And side note on the logo, uh, Ali, since you and I are graphic designers, I don't know about you, but like seeing the, the one color version of a logo so logos they have you know you got the full color you got the one color for like prints so it's just one solid color easy to print and I don't know about you guys but like a quick glimpse I was like is that the Pornhub logo
2: (laughs) (laughs) I actually I need to go back and look because I I was too focused at looking at the scene going like are they in like Menards like where are they
1: (laughs) It was kind of like a Walmart meets Menards, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Or, I got or maybe like a logo. Sam's
1: Club or like a Costco.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know about you two. Did you guys work in retail during Black Friday? Because I have. Yes, I used to work at Best Buy and
0: oh I worked one Black Friday and no more. Because <laughs> I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore.
2: I've done some holiday shopping. I've done a few Black Fridays, but I've never worked it. And I don't think I would last. I think I would cry. So,
1: yeah, it's okay. Ellie. you're part of the problem.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't gone in years. I'm better. That's that's good. I'm reformed.
1: That's good. Yeah, Yeah, I used to work at Target. I I have a couple or a few Black Fridays under my belt. It's, I remember my first one. It was kind of, it was pretty scary. Not going to lie. I like Mm -hmm. hid in the back room for like, hot second like oh my god (laughs) animals but like aaron you're on the front lines i was like d-day best buy yeah i remember we were um
0: we had like this display full of uh uh, beats headphones and that was like the hot item that year (laughs) um and uh basically like as soon as people came in they just like swarmed this display and like pulled them all out so i i had like a walkie talkie in here and people were like yelling over it to like go get go get more headphones. So I like ran back and, um, I was fully prepared. I had like gloves on and like a knife. And, uh, I like grabbed this box and just like ran it out and like basically opened it up right at the display and was like, as soon as I opened the box, like people were like reaching past me into the box to grab it. I'm like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Uh,
1: yeah, it was wild. Oh my God. So it was exactly like the beginning of this movie where everyone's like beating each other up. Everyone's like ripping apart toys, trying to get the hot item. That is insane. Like people are animals, I will say. Yeah. So with the director, Michael Doherty, he before he did Krampus, he did Trick or Treat, which was a Mm -hmm. Halloween-inspired movie where he like brings the essence of Halloween on screen. And he's like, You you respect the holiday. And with Krampus, I feel like he's doing the same thing with Christmas. He's like clearly uh, Americans don't appreciate the holiday anymore. They see it as a time to buy things, and I think this beautifully shot slow mo chaos that he depicted—I I believe it's over one of like the Christmas carols. I forget which one.
2: It was uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and I love that. I thought that I just—it was, <laughs> was beautiful, just poetic that yes.
1: scene because like you have this amazing juxtaposition between that song that's you know this happy, upbeat song, and then just utter mayhem uh, that you're seeing displayed on screen. I thought that was a perfect way to start this movie, and it's a perfect way to for the director to express his sentiments towards uh, how people view this holiday now. They don't respect it, damn it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, and you, you definitely, it's reinforced later with, like, Omi's scene and stuff like that, telling about her backstory. So it, it's a universe, oh, yeah. or it's a theme that's really thread. And throughout the whole, the whole piece, I agree with you.
1: Absolutely. So the movie centers around the Engel family, uh, German, I guess it sounds like a German name. And, uh, Ellie just mentioned the grandma, Omi. So Aaron, would you like to explain the family dynamics of our protagonist family?
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of different characters to keep track of, but, um, Basically, the grandmother Omi for the first half of the movie, she's just kind of there like she doesn't appear to speak English. Um, And but, you know, she's part of the family. Then uh, we have kind of the two main figures, uh, Tom and Sarah Engel, um, starring Tony Collette. And uh, as mentioned, Adam Scott. Mm -hmm. And then we have their son, Max. Um, And basically, they're just trying to like. Have a good Christmas and keep the family together. Um, but you have a bunch of other family members who are just like bickering and fighting and <laughs> uh, just like it just it just being awful to each other. Uh, to to sum it up, and so Omi's just kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually, it reaches this point where um, it, you know the storm rolls in and people are missing and um they kind of see glimpses of this krampus figure and just enough stuff is going wrong but they're like all right what the hell's going on and then omi uh kind of breaks her silence and uh tells the story from her childhood of uh how basically some friends of hers uh uh some friends of hers from school were basically taking advantage of her and like stealing her bread. And this whole thing's told in like kind of Rankin bass, like animation. It's mm-hmm. like 3d, but it kind of looks like uh, uh, uh stop motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so her, her friends from school kind of steal her bread and uh, her parents are fighting when she gets home and rips up this like Santa doll that she has. And she, mm-hmm just kind of like in anger like throws the doll into the fireplace and uh basically the the christmas has been ruined uh has not (laughs) been respected and so krampus shows up to kind of exact revenge and like uh drags her parents and uh her and her friends like down to hell basically Mm -hmm. and leaves behind this like little bell with krampus uh written on it as a kind of reminder slash warning to omi Mm -hmm. um and so from there we kind of get the whole mo of krampus where it's like uh if santa is kind of like the the positive cheerful joyful side of christmas krampus is the kind of other side of that coin where it's he's basically saying you better watch out Um, Christmas is not to be taken lightly and uh, there needs to be this kind of reverence and respect where if you it's basically saying Christmas is a time to be together and joyful as family and if you're going to make that a a divisive horrible time and ruin this season then Krampus is going to come and get you it's Mm -hmm. like you better you better stay in line is essentially what that's all about. And so that's it's And so from Omi's story, what we're seeing with the angles in modern day is kind of a, a a rhyming, a repeat of that story. Um, And will they learn their lesson? I'll let you guess.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like with uh, the angles, like I will say like, there's many sequences in this film that I really enjoy, but like, her giving the backstory of like Krampus and like her story. That's probably one of my most favorite aspects of this film because like. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Like you could have, they could have done the easy route and have like her just do like exposition dump. Like they're all huddled around the house and, Oh, this is what happened when I was a child. But no, they took the creative routes and they made it Mm -hmm. animated in this beautiful way. Like, like you described Aaron and, I just I was just enthralled. I was like, oh, my God, this is like beautiful and like amazing. Like this is what cinema is all about.
2: I really like how they kind of mirror like her story with what's going on, because at the beginning, um, Omi gives the warning sort of to Max. And I wrote down the quote. It was in German, but she said to believe in him is to believe in the true spirit of the holiday. So this was about Santa and. It was just really interesting because my grandma's always been like that. She's always like, I believe in Santa Claus. And my grandma's, I just, it. I felt that connection there. And she really prompted Max to write his letter. And like, he gets picked on by, um, you know, his cousins, which like Omi was getting picked on by people her age too. And they read his letter out loud. And it's really showing what Christmas is supposed to be about that hope. He wants his uncle and aunt to, you know, have a better you know have an easier time he wants like his cousins to be able to be themselves and not like try to be who are, their parents want them to be he wants to have more time with his sister he wants his parents to stop fighting and he's thankful for omi and when he gets made fun of that he he loses his hope just like omi did and he throws out the letter and that's what kind of starts everything and i really like how they put omi's story after because then you kind of get to you get to see like this beginning of krampus and like how this how her story ties in with what's happening now but it also like can shows you like oh fuck that's what happened you know like i just it's a fun reveal but also an expedition dub i just i think it's very beautiful how those scenes were placed
1: right because like by following max's story and like Mm -hmm. what the angles go through uh when krampus arrives to their town like you live that you experience it you see it through their eyes and then when omi finally reveals that hey i have a similar story too. Um it, it pairs nicely and gives context to everything like, oh, this is what Krampus's power is all about. And mm-hmm. like this is a uh a hallmark of the season. Like if you were to have that in the beginning of the movie, I think you would have lost everybody. You would have been, yeah. people have been like, nah, I'm checked out. This is boring. I hmm. agree. Cause like you want to show, not tell people, you know? Yeah,
2: exactly. It's just really smart placement of a lot of their scenes and just oh, yeah.
0: What struck me about this was it's it's almost telling a story in a Greek tragedy kind of sense, where it's basically saying that the holidays are not about you. And it's not about your kind of individual selfishness and getting what you want out of it. Um, you're you, you kind of owe it to this thing larger than yourself, where it's the spirit of the holidays and you're supposed to um you know enjoy it generously with family and work to make everything harmonious and peaceful and joyful and when you don't do that it's almost like uh hubris or uh impiet- impiety towards the gods uh thematically speaking uh where you're basically saying like you know screw the holidays screw santa i'm just gonna you know do what's best for me and krampus is kind of the antidote to that where it's basically like if you don't if you don't get your act together and watch out and try to make christmas what it's supposed to be then you know there's punishment in line for you and that that's that kind of storytelling or thinking is pretty unpopular in america nowadays Mm -hmm. um but there's a reason that tale is stuck around for as long as it has and i think that's kind of the core of
1: it yeah yeah, like, once again, like, I wish we had that resonate more in America uh, with the whole Krampus character, because, like, you need that duality. You need the figure, St. Nicholas, to come and give presents if you're good, but if you're bad, then you need the punishment aspect, you know? And then, side note, with, like, uh, difference in culture, because Krampus did end up coming to America in some form, um, and that form was Belschnickel. Have you heard of Bellschnickel? Made oh. popular in the office. Oh, uh, Dwight I, dressed up as Belschnickel. And Belschnickel is kind of like the combination between Santa and Krampus, where like you have this uh uh folklorean figure where he judges if you've been honorable or impish. <laughs> and if you've been impish, he whacks you with a stick. So that's the closest thing America has to Krampus. But uh Santa nowadays is kind of that Belschnickel figure where if you're bad, he gives you coal instead of presents. Yeah.
2: I haven't watched a long time, but I really liked Rise of the Guardians and that just the Santa with like tatted like naughty nice, (laughs) like jacked. That's American Santa to me.
1: Yes. I love it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, coal. I don't know. Cole doesn't have the same bite that dying a horrible violent death as you get dragged (laughs) down to hell does. I don't know about you
1: yeah i mean you need that fear like i don't know i feel like kids need to be scared again (laughs) everything's too safe
0: they understood this in the
1: 80s but we've forgotten that i know like you see you see gremlins and it's like you know obviously a movie kind of made for kids but it's like terrifying and then like this movie is pg-13 which only Mm -hmm. bigger kids can watch I feel like this should have been PG. If this if this was made in the 80s, it would have been a PG movie.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought
0: that up because we don't have very many movies now that are kind of like an on-ramp to adult horror movies. Mm. Um we kind of have like kids movies and then adult movies and there right. there's just like this huge uh segmented divide between them. Mm. But Krampus kind of falls into that middle ground where it's like right. Uh, don't bring your 10-year-old to this. Um, they're going to get freaked out. But, you know, early teens uh, or, or maybe even preteens to, like, teenagers to adults, it's like, yeah, that's the sweet spot. Uh, and then later you can get to, like, crazier stuff like Trick or Treat or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah we, we, we don't it, – it's rare to see this kind of uh, introduction to horror movies uh, kind of movie. Mm-hmm. uh aimed at that kind of uh age range like we used to
1: right like if this movie was just a tiny bit more lighter it would have been that perfect like you said on-ramp for for kids to get into horror movies because like the entire essence of this movie is like christmas vacation meets the thing like yeah it, like the family dynamic is like almost you know a, a copy of uh Chevy Chase and um, I forget the other actor's name a cousin Eddie like it's almost the same dynamic and then you know if you just injected horror into that uh, situation you get the Krampus movie yeah that's an apt
0: comparison it's like uh, Christmas vacation meets the thing meets (laughs) gremlins yeah (laughs) perfect
1: yes so let's get into the movie so like we have this uh, beautiful family dynamic displayed on screen. And then, uh, like you said, Ali, um, Max truly believes in the spirit of Christmas. And I kind of relate to the kid because growing up, I, I think I believed in Santa up until I was like. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like
1: nine or 10, something like that. So like, I wanted to preserve that essence, that magic of Christmas. And so did our character, Max. And unfortunately, when, you know, the extended family comes over, the quote, Cousin uh, Eddie-esque family, where it's like this completely, uh, I guess, lower income, more rural uh, part of the family encounters kind of like the suburban, picture-perfect-esque middle of America family, and, like, you had this clashing of, like, uh, ideologies going on. And so the father, his name is Howard, uh, of this other family. Uh, he taught his kids to kind of not believe in Santa and to, you know, not really get into the spirit of Christmas and to value wrestling and guns and, like, those types of, like, macho things. And then that clashes with Max because, like, they reallowed his Christmas letter to Santa And then he's so distraught that he rips it up and that unfortunately summons the big baddie of the film, Krampus. And Mm -hmm. everything uh, goes haywire after that. So moving forward, what did you guys think of the threat of Krampus? Because he comes in a couple of different forms throughout this film.
0: Yeah, uh, what what sticks out to me is this wonderful scene where... um, the heat is out, the family's trying to sleep and they all kind of huddle together in the living room for warmth. And, um, there's just like embers in the fireplace for, uh, what's left of the fire that they started. And then, uh, you hear the jingling of chains and this like hook comes down from the top of the chimney into the fireplace. And it's got little sleigh bells attached to it. And this little gingerbread man is like tied up into it too. And, uh, some being um controlling the change just kind of like jingles it like a like a bait to like lure in this one kid mm-hmm. um he just loves gingerbread cookies for some reason hey, and uh, kid. yeah then the gingerbread man turns out to be like a a, a, a like a sentient being and uh it is <laughs> Turns out to be like a servant of Krampus and just like ties up this kid and starts reeling him in up the chimney like a fish. Um, It's awesome (laughs) and terrifying Um, and and very creative because you have this kind of uh, hook and chain motif with Krampus. You have um, these like evil demonic animated toys that come to life and um, threaten the family in different ways. And you also have these elves that are kind of like mini Krampuses. Uh, they all have like masks on and, uh, just can kind of pop up anywhere. So you never really know what's going to happen with Mm -hmm. Krampus. Uh, and I love that aspect of it.
2: Um, so those gingerbread men, I don't know how many there are, but the other scene where, so like Howie Jr. is the one who gets, um, grabbed and then Howard, the dad of uh, the, the uncle actually, but the dad of Howie, um, has a scene where he fights three little gingerbread men like off with a gun. But one of they have names like Lumpy something and something, but Lumpy is Seth Green.
1: Really? Yeah. Hmm. And oh I was just God. like,
2: I can't understand any of those voices, but I love Seth Green. So that was like <laughs> when I was looking through the cast list, I'm like, that's wild. That's cute. So, that's but I also enjoyed that scene of these like little gingerbread men trying to be murderous. I don't know. I like cute things that could kill me, like cats, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but so yeah, I, I like those gingerbread men.
1: So, Ali, did you see the latest Ghostbusters?
2: No, I have not.
1: Did you, do you want to see it?
2: Um, maybe one day, but are you gonna spoil something? Go for it. It's not it's
1: not a big spoiler, but uh if you remember from the original film, The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yeah. Well, in the new one, there's mini marshmallow men.
2: Oh, that's adorable. Oh
1: (laughs) god. So (laughs) taking a page out of Gremlins once again, like same same antics as uh the gingerbread men from the Krampus movie, where it's like these cute little things, but like they're very devilish in their intentions. (laughs) And they're trying to kill our protagonists. But yeah, like, you know, I saw it back in 2015 in theaters. And to this day, when I was even recommending it to you two, that scene of like the gingerbread men attacking uh, Uncle Howard and he's defending himself with like his shotgun has stood in my mind for almost six years. Like Mm. that's one scene that like sticks out for me.
2: I also think this was really fun. Um, with the writing where when they go to look for Beth, the sister, and they go to the boyfriend's house and there's a gingerbread man stabbed into I think the refrigerator, and Uncle Howard is like, that's whoever did this is one psychotic son of a bitch. And then later (laughs) he's the one shooting gingerbread men. Like, it's so funny.
1: (laughs) Right. Cause like so, like earlier in the film, to give context to the listener, like Uh, there's a huge snowstorm knocks out the power for this entire town. And like, uh, the teenager, um, sister of Max is like, I need to go see my boyfriend. I want to make sure he's okay. So she ventures out into the wilderness essentially and gets to the boyfriend's house. And I don't think she even makes it there. She gets intercepted by the minions of Krampus on the way there. But like later in the movie, um, Uncle Howard and the father, Tom, go out and they get to the house and it's completely ransacked. And, of course, Howard thinks it's like a monster, not even a monster, like maybe like a serial killer, like came in and like completely ransacked the place. And I think he even said like maybe like a goat got in because like there's hoof marks. Yeah. And and like they're trying to piece together what exactly is going on uh, in this situation where like this house is completely destroyed. Uh the fireplace is completely blown up and they see hoof marks. And like uh Howard says, like, what was it, like a goat or a moose? I think he says moose. And then Tom's like, What well, a moose is gonna destroy a house? Like, what's going on? So, like, I just love how this movie like increases the severity as the movie continues until like the final act where it like is completely balls to the wall, bonkers. yeah i love the tone of this movie where there
0: there's kind of a few different ways to go if you're going to make a krampus movie um one is just complete schlock and you have this goat man like like dueling santa claus or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then what this movie did is it treats the horror elements Mm -hmm. very seriously and like just plays it straight but there's this kind of playfulness to it as well where there's these bizarre elements that you just can't help but start laughing uh like some of the toys that come to life and the things that that they do and things like that but and there are several moments when i was watching this movie where i just started laughing out of nowhere and not because (laughs) like a joke was told or like anything like really funny happened on screen but it was just this the absurd nature of it and how straight they play it
1: Right. Like one of the moments um, after they so after Howard and the father Tom get back to their house, I think there was like off camera comment like Howard's talking to his wife and he's like trying to explain like what's happening out there trying to make sense of it. And like I think he said like, no, his wife was like, could it be terrorists? And like how (laughs) it's like, did they trade their suicide vests for like like i forget like what monsters (laughs) yeah like bear traps in the in the snow and it's like that's where the humor comes from because like everything is played straight and like they take the threat seriously but like the entire situation is completely ridiculous yeah (laughs) so like there's this juxtaposition going on where it's like ridiculous concept but the characters are freaking out and taking it seriously and Mm -hmm. i think that's where true comedy lies because like like you said, they could have went the complete schlock route and like the film could have been one giant joke where it doesn't take itself seriously. Like, I don't know, the Miami, Miami Connection or something where it's like this completely yeah. schlocky B-movie. And I will say, like when I was like Googling Krampus to like see where it was streaming online, I got a lot of uh, B-movie Krampus movies coming yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> and they look bad. <laughs> Oh, yes. Really bad. Like suburban Sasquatch bad. Oh. Allie, I know you're a big Bigfoot fan. Do you know suburban Sasquatch?
2: I do not.
1: (laughs) Aaron, you know suburban Sasquatch. Unfortunately. How would you describe it to (sighs) Allie?
0: Imagine someone with no budget, (laughs) very few friends, very big ego. Attempts to make this like Sasquatch themed horror movie, but they're in Ohio and they can only film in the woods and like the suburbs Uh, and they they only they only had one. um, They could only make one attempt to edit it in real time from start to finish.
2: Do they have like one of those old like VHS cameras or something?
1: I think so. (laughs) And the costumes made out of papier mâché.
2: Oh, yeah, that sounds beautiful. I love it already.
1: It's it wild. It's a gem. It's a gem, and like that's where okay. So like, it needs to be like that, like where it's like completely dog shit of a movie, where it's like <laughs> you you could tell that they're tr- really trying, and it's just, it just fails on every single level. And that's where the oh, human yeah. com- humor comes from. And then like with this movie, where it's like finely crafted and it's like the entire movie is like beautiful and like the humor is not i mean the humor is intentional but it's not like in the forefront and that's what Mm -hmm. makes it hilarious but seeing these off-brand krampus movies that like asylum would make or like some other production company it's like this is not going to be good it's just going to be a waste of time and like they're trying to capture they're trying to make it funny or they're trying to make it scary and i know it's not going to be good and it's not going to be an enjoyable experience
2: i think what's also nice about like how the humor is like not like in your face is i think they do a lot of jokes where they they're very patient about their setup with you Mm -hmm. know the whole sociopath thing and then he's killing the gingerbread men but also just like with the dog rosie he like we'll be like, hey Rosie, come here, and then the dog will run away, and she's like, oh, you're <laughs> useless. But at the end, Rosie eats the last gingerbread man yes. and saves Howard, and he's just like, that's my dog. It's like it pays off, you know. <laughs> like you had to wait the whole movie to like he kept hating on his dog, and then Rose, there's the payoff. Like it's very patient, yes. scripts.
0: Hmm. <laughs> exactly, that's like, a good point. So so many movies nowadays just don't do setup and payoff at all.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they take the easy route and make like a fart joke or they make a funny face or <laughs> something Instant like... Instant gratification. Yeah, lowest yeah. common denominator. And like with this movie, like you said, Allie, there's setups and there's payoffs. Like when Rosie the dog ate that final gingerbread man attacking Howard, it was just so satisfying. Yeah. I'm like, yes! Like this dog that you wouldn't think was useful at all ends up saving the day for Howard. Like it's just... Oh. Proud so great. <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> Overall, I thought this movie was such a fun ride. And I don't know about you, but like the last 30 minutes of this film, not that long of a movie, it's 90 minutes. Um was completely insane and like it was worth it because like you had an hour of setup. Like setting Mm -hmm. up the threat of Krampus, setting up the mood, the tension, uh, and like seeing the family dynamics on full display. So like by the time you get to the action sequences of them surviving Krampus as he's going like, you know, full force after them, it's just, it just feels good. Like, it's like, ah, this was worth it. Very satisfying. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of back to you know the setup too there's a line that the dad says to max about the holidays are hopefully a time for us to come together and like see each other's differences and still like each other and it that kind of prevails because the families are at odds with each other but because they have to they kind of separate like howie and tommy and then sarah and is it linda yeah aunt linda um they eventually like through everything that's going on kind of, you know, set aside their differences and work together and really build their relationships. And you see those relationships get better little by little throughout the story. And so even though all this horrible stuff is happening, you know, they're kind of learning what Christmas and the holidays are supposed to be about throughout the journey. It's just smart. I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. They're learning the lesson they need
1: to learn, but the painful way Yeah, and a
2: bit
0: too
1: <laughs> late to save them. Yep. <laughs> Oh, so it's it's a secret wholesome movie. Is that what you two are saying?
2: In its own way, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's
1: like through pain you'll understand and cherish <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, um, th- there
0: there are some moments in this movie that definitely. Reminded me of other movies uh, that I, that I've seen like um towards the end when they're running through the snow and there's these like underground monsters and it yeah. just like drags them through the snow into oblivion mm-hmm. um, that reminded me of tremors to oh, a great yeah. degree yeah um and also kind of like tremors Tremors has these a uh, couple characters who are like gun nuts, and everybody thinks they're just absolutely wacky until the tremors monsters actually show up. And then they're yes. like, Oh, we need those guns. Mm-hmm. Um, it was similar to that with Howard, I think, mm, uh, with yeah. the shotgun. Yeah. And, uh, there, there's also this moment where I think it's up in the attic. Um, part of the family is like looking for this kid who goes missing. And, uh, there's a bunch of like Christmas toys and stuff up in the attic and they start coming alive and, uh, there there's this hugely grotesque moment where you have this giant like jack-in-a-box and um it's like on its side and it kind of moves around like a worm mm-hmm. and it just like swallows this kid whole <laughs> and um yeah. so, soon after that there is uh i think it was aunt linda who has this moment where she like fights off this this teddy bear that's like trying to eat her She like stabs it in the eye with a nice pick or uh icicle. And, uh, then she like finds this fire ax and starts like attacking a bunch of other toys. And I'm like, this feels like evil dead. This is like a <laughs> same Raimi moment. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it, there, there's lots of moments like that where if you're, if you're steeped in eighties horror movies, uh, you'll be like, Oh, I, I, I know that.
1: Yeah. Like Tony Collette was so good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no clue that she was even in the movie because, like, of course I know her from *Hereditary*—like that was her big breakout movie—and like mm-hmm. watching, you know, re- revisiting *Krampus*, I was like, "Oh my god, that's Tony Collette!" And of course, Tony Collette gives freaking A plus a+ performance, and like she is like invested start to finish, and like I don't know if she has an Oscar, but she deserves an Oscar, and damn it, if she was snubbed. In 2015, because of
2: Krampus.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the Academy Award goes to Toni Collette. Krampus. (laughs) That would be amazing. That would be so amazing. Like, she was so good. And, like, it's believable. Like, you definitely feel like she thinks her family is in peril. And she wants to defend her family, defend her home. And it's just, oh, she was so good. And another note I wanted to make with this movie, because... Um, you two have been on multiple times and almost each time we would watch like an older horror movie, you two would praise practical effects and how it's like so important to have practical effects over CGI. Nothing wrong with CGI, but like there's something, you know, more visceral with uh, practical and this movie, you know, on full display, like you had Mm. the practical, the craft in this movie and I truly appreciated it.
0: Yeah, I did too. There's this moment where the family's kind of like full survival mode and uh they're trying to fend off all the toys and uh haunted crap and then like the outside windows break in and elves like start storming into the house and the way that you know there's like strobe lightning effects mm-hmm. and uh just the costumes they have and the way that they move and um it felt so much like return to oz or the dark crystal <laughs> right. um i, I it, there's a certain quality to it I don't, I don't know how to put it into words but um it just like th- the way that they move and feel just feels real right. um but like uh just like a bit elevated um like
1: not like supernatural but just like there's more energy in the scene
0: yeah it's a bit like elevated reality the way yeah. that they the way that they move is probably the best way I can I can put it um, and uh, of course most of the toys uh, as they're kind of like attacking or are, um, are fully practical the gingerbread men there's kind of a mix of practical and CGI and yeah. um, you, you could tell when it is like fully CGI but mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter just because um, the way it's shot and the way people treat it as real um you can you could just kind of forgive it and it, it you still have that suspension of disbelief
1: once you're in it yeah like they use cgi when it's needed obviously you're going to use it for the gingerbread men because like i mean you could have like a puppet but like you know just make it cgi like it'll be yeah you know, more satisfying to see like a fully, you know, like a a lifelike uh, gingerbread creature rather than a puppet. Um, But like having those costumes on set, having those, you know, creature props uh, on set for the actors to interact with, I think is key for like a believable uh, experience, especially in a horror movie. Because like, uh, for example, Aaron, you would know this, but like with the Star Wars movies, especially episodes one, two, and three uh, in the early 2000s, you had actors acting against an entire blue wall. (laughs) There's aliens over there. He's coming to get you. It's like, you're not going to, it's not going to be the same versus a dude in a, in a suit uh, coming at you, you know?
0: Right. Um, there, there's some part of our brains that is very good at picking up on like what's real and what's illusion. Mm -hmm. And that, that could be a whole hour-long conversation about yeah. why that is, yeah. but um, when there's not something physically real to act against, um, we're usually very good at picking up like eh, this doesn't quite feel right, or like if it's a CGI creature, it's like eh, it's a bit too floaty, or just or the compositing isn't uh, exactly correct. So it's like we can we can tell. Um, but yeah, a good judicious use of practical effects like this. Goes a long, long way, and Krampus right. knocks it out of the park.
1: Absolutely, yeah, Allie. What did you think of the practical effects in this film?
2: Um, I I really enjoyed. I just I enjoyed a lot. I just feel like everything like was cohesive, color wise, and just it really felt like you were there, like being trapped in the house, the snow, and I, I. My favorite moment, and I'm sometimes bad at picking up out what's practical, what's not, but just seeing Krampus's reveal and like his horns and that stuff, that was like the coolest, like setup for me. Like oh, yeah. just how he looked, like he was cool. He was awesome.
1: And what's interesting <laughs> is, so like, we were talking about Krampus earlier, how he's kind of like this goat man uh, figure. And that's kind of how I, knew of Krampus before even watching the film, just hearing about it from like people that I grew up with and like seeing his depiction in this movie where it's like almost like this, like hooded creature with horns and it's more humanoid than Mm -hmm. like a, like a goat man. Uh, And I thought that was an interesting take. I was like, that's not how I pictured Krampus and then looking into it, like doing research that's more so how he is depicted in like Germany and Eastern culture where it's like more of a human figure and the minor details, like the long tongue that's like protruding from his face uh, when he is revealed, that's actually an accurate depiction too. And I was like, wow, like uh, the designers of this film did their research and wanted to make it as authentic as possible. And I applaud them for that because like, you kind of learn the lore of Krampus while watching this silly movie.
2: They even for some of the um gremlins, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, they also had long tongues and were like licking them and stuff. Oh, and yeah. so like they also had these Krampus qualities, which was it was fun to, you know, sprinkle that in to yeah. the little gremlins.
1: So like a side note with Krampus's face. So like I thought it was interesting and I was like really staring at his face like every time he was on screen. And then I had an epiphany with it because I was like, why does he look like that? And like his face doesn't really move. Like he's not like speaking or talking. It's almost like stuck with his like mouth open and like his eyes are sunken in. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute. If this is like a demon character, maybe that's like a face of death that's like perpetually on his face. On his face, like, like he's frozen. Yeah, he like brings
2: the frost with him or something. Yeah,
1: like maybe like it's almost like a a creature that died and he's been resurrected by some dark force, and that's the Krampus creature because like it seems like he's like a walking corpse, like a zombie almost.
2: Um, I have a little fun fact about Krampus. Um, so apparently there was a voice actor for him. I don't know where the voice was at, <laughs> but the voice actor was Gideon Emery and he plays Fenris in Dragon Age 2, which is the love of my life. Um, and that's also Biggs in the Final Fantasy 7 remake. I, I was looking up all the actors like after it and I was like, that was... Just, uh... So what I was amazed, I was like, I don't know what Krampus said. Maybe it was just grunts and that's what he did. <laughs> but also I like that voice actor a lot.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's some job yeah, you I- do. Whew. yeah (laughs) someone's gotta do it yeah (laughs) what were you saying Aaron
0: I thought his face was like he was wearing a mask because right at the very end when he's when he got that like close up when he's looking at Max and like his eyes are kind of moving underneath it I thought there was like some kind of separation there um and much like all the elves have masks on I thought that's something that he had but
1: I don't know that would be interesting too like I don't know. There's so much with this character. Like, I love how we can interpret it in different ways, but like, maybe it is a mask. Maybe it's concealing his true form, uh, whatever that may be. Never know. It's true. As the movie progresses, let's talk about the ending of the movie. So as Krampus is sending his minions and, you know, they come in the form of like, uh, creatures underneath the snow or elves or toys that come alive. um, The family of the Ingalls had to fight them off and they end up ditching the house that they're defending. And they're like, let's make a break for it. There's a downed snowplow. Let's get there and we can go to safety. And Not all of them made it. Nope. No. Who ended up surviving? Was it the kids?
2: At the end of the movie or like there?
1: Or did they all die? I think they all died, didn't
2: they?
0: Pretty sure nobody made it. Because you have max and his brother i think at the end Mm -hmm. and then uh max tries to make this deal with krampus where he's like you know let him go take me instead and he's like crying and krampus with his like long claws like takes one of the tears off his cheek and uh throws in his friend into the pit of hell
1: anyway (laughs) and then throws max in right and then at the end he wakes up from, seemingly from a nightmare. Yeah. It's all a crazy dream. But before you groan, there was a a little something at the very end of the movie. But before we get there, so what's interesting? So I did a little research. So in Germany on December fifth, that is Krampusnacht, Krampus nights And you know, that's when he appears. And he takes uh, the bad kids away maybe drags them to hell. But on December 6th, that is St. Nicholas, the Feast of St. Nicholas.
2: So you put your shoes out and you get the candy in your shoes.
1: Exactly. And you open presents <laughs> and, you, and you're with your family. And at the end of the movie, that's what's being depicted is the Feast of St. Nicholas. That almost, quote, Christmas mm. Day morning where you spend it with your family. And I, I was like, okay, that makes sense. and But... Being a horror movie, the horror is not, you know, done yet. You know, you, you got to have one last scare. And the ending of the movie is so unnerving to me. I don't know why. For years, I thought about this, like the ending of the movie, because like it's truly creepy. Um, they, they thought that they survived the night. It was just a dream, a collective dream. But one of the packages that Max opens has a little gift inside, a gift from Krampus.
2: It's this little Krampus bell.
1: Yeah. Which indicates that the entire events of what happened was true. And as the camera pans out, it is revealed that they're in a snow globe. Their house is in a snow globe that is in the den of Krampus, along with hundreds of other houses. And I was like, damn, they mm. are forever trapped because Max's final wish that he wanted to spend Christmas with his family. And he did Mm-hmm. for or monkey's paw situation. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's so good.
2: Um, just a quick backtrack. I looked up while we were, you guys were discussing this. Um, according to this site, bloody disgusting.com. There's a dash in it. Um, yeah. the Mike dotary, um, confirmed, I guess on his Twitter, he put sketches of the initial like ideas for Krampus. Um, but he confirmed that he's a demon. He's wearing a flesh mask. Like, that's a... Yeah, so that face Ooh. is a flesh mask. Whoa. Terrifying. Okay. But that's awesome. Terrifying.
1: So, Aaron, you and I were both right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a dead person's face, but it's a mask. Yep. <laughs> wow. That is... That's wild. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for looking that up.
2: Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, so we reached the end of the movie, so we're going to do a little off-the-fence segment. So we're going to do something new. So I'm going to pose a question, and then we're going to give our definitive answer, either a yes or a no. So the first question I have is, would you say, so last year we watched Gremlins, which is kind of a Christmas-adjacent movie. Would you say this is more of a Christmas movie, Krampus? yes. Yes,
2: well, there's there's just so much more actual Christmas themes you start with talking about, like, there's the Christmas play, they're getting Christmas gifts, it's all about believing in Santa believing in the true spirit of Christmas, you have, you know, I guess Krampus, technically, you were saying is a pagan thing, not really Christmas. So I guess that could be a vote against it. Also, there's just a lot of Christmas imagery. Like one of my favorite parts of the movie is like the little advent calendar to mm. show like the next day is happening. It's just really pretty. And I just, you get all the, the little bits of like what makes Christmas, Christmas, so, especially for like suburbs around here. Like even the family, it just, it feels like when I'm, you know, at family, Christmas is <laughs> too. I don't know. It just, it feels like Christmas. And I feel like that's what makes a Christmas movie, a Christmas movie. Right.
1: What about you, Aaron?
0: Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. And more specifically, this movie, it it deals with the mythology of Christmas itself. Uh, it, it, Christmas is not just an accessory to the story that it's telling, but it is about uh, the very spirit of Christmas. So absolutely,
1: it's more of a Christmas movie than Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like. It feels like 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 you two said like this feels more so like a Christmas movie. It's a dark take on Christmas, but that doesn't detract from it being it you know the holiday front and center and like the repercussions of like being naughty and Krampus coming after you. So <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's definitely an interesting movie to watch. Um, so the next one is. Would you say that this movie is deserving to be a part of uh, your Christmas movie list? 100% Armand. Oh my God.
2: Um, So I only have one movie on my Christmas movie list because I'm weird, I guess. And it's just friends. So there is a lot of room <laughs> on my Christmas movie list. It's around Christmas. It's a funny movie. And then like all the...
0: Just friends. Yeah. Have
2: you not seen it? It's got Ryan no. Reynolds and Anna Faris, and there's this one scene where like there's this like um this house, and there's all it's like this big Christmas decoration, and everything comes like tumbling down, and it's chaos. It's really funny. Anyway, oh. it's one of my favorite movies. That's my Christmas movie. It's not, I don't know, it's goofy. Anyway, so there's a lot of room on my Christmas list, so I would watch this again around Christmas for sure.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I miss I. I remember when that one came out. That's, kind of, so that's go- kind of an old one.
2: It's goofy. It just, it's funny.
1: Ryan Reynolds gets fat in it.
2: Well, he starts oh fat.
1: God. Oh, yeah, that's right. And
2: then he loses all the weight. And then yes. He, yeah.
1: Now I remember it.
2: And it has the, and it's really funny too, because there's like Ryan Reynolds and then this other kid. So it's like this brother dynamic when he goes home for Christmas and they have a playful energy and. I recommend it. There's my elevator pitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You just unlocked a memory I forgot I had in my brain. (laughs) Whoa! wow. For me, while I really enjoy Krampus the movie, I don't know if I would watch it every single year. I think this is like every once in a while. Like, it's definitely a Christmas movie in my eyes, but like, I don't know if I would watch it all the time. Like, Christmas Vacation, Mm. I would watch every year or... Maybe the Santa Claus, but like Krampus, maybe every other year. I want to preserve it. You know, it's valid. All right, fair enough. Yeah. So then, my final question is: Would you incorporate the legend of Krampus into your festive activities going forward?
2: All right. Yeah, of course. I have. <laughs> I have my my magnet. That's, <laughs> She's that's on true. My, on my refrigerator
0: already. <laughs> uh it'd be a hard sell to my roommate i would say um if it was just me i'd probably say yes but well we 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 kind of have so um (laughs) so my apartment is just like plastered with 80s movie posters um and and the like pop culture Mm -hmm. stuff and for our christmas decorations we just like found a bunch of either christmas movie posters or Uh, I found a whole library of like vintage like Christmas cards. Wow. and we basically just like one for one printed out uh, uh, posters to like cover up all the 80s posters Um, Well, we covered up every single one except Die Hard that remained the same. (laughs) Uh, And a lot of these vintage Christmas cards, they just have maybe it's just the time period, but they have a bunch of like weird, creepy looking Santas. Like a lot of them are like dressed in green and they just whether it's lighting or just like the the way Santa is like posed, it just looks really creepy and foreboding like he's some kind of revenant or something. Um, And so we we like to have that little bit of mix of really weird Christmas stuff along with, you know, Santa with a bottle of Coke. So, yeah, we
1: we kind of have, but we could. We could go more hardcore if we really wanted to. Gotta go hardcore. It's interesting that you mentioned like uh, Santa being creepy because, like, growing up, my dad would tell me like when he was a kid, he was actually scared of Santa because, like, he mm. was like he doesn't look like you know the Coca-Cola Santa, you know, fat and jolly, uh, nice big beard. He was like he was scary. You know, mm. you know, around the world, that uh, he would be depicted in other ways. And like, I remember this one depiction, I don't know if it was his depiction, but like, he would be like wearing like a hoodie with like sunglasses on, like almost looking like the Unabomber. It was a red, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a red, uh, uh, like a ski suit. It was, it was creepy. I could see why Weird. It, it was very strange. And like, like, yeah, like, even though it's like, you're depicting like father Christmas, like being this like symbol of uh merriment's, Sometimes comes across, you know, gets lost in translation. He looks like a, like a creepo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, like, oh, absolutely. I would uh, incorporate Krampus into my festivities going forward because like you need that duality. You, you know, I think, I don't think Santa is enough to instill uh, like the essence of like being good instead of naughty. Like you need that fear element And, like, growing up, like, my parents would put, like, from Santa on the gifts. And uh, these past few years, I've been doing that, uh, giving it out to friends of mine. And I think it was last year. um, I was making, you know, little Christmas tags for the presents. And then one of them for my girlfriend, I put from Krampus.
2: Aw, that's true love. She was like, what's Very this?
1: Cute. I was like, I don't know. It's from Krampus. <laughs> I forgot what it was. I think it was some sort of like decadent. Maybe it was like chocolate or something. <laughs> mm. Truly, is, from is nice. This yes. year. Ah, <laughs> uh, Belschnickel. I think I put one of them as Belschnickel too. But like, yeah, like totally. You got to have Krampus involved. Like can't just be Santa.
2: Yeah, he's got to celebrate. He's got to have some love. <laughs>
1: Uh I would love to get like a a Krampus figurine. Oh, we gotta add okay. I don't have a nativity set, but like if I did, I would like have Krampus in like the background. (laughs) (laughs) Is that sacrilegious, Aaron? Probably. But you know.
2: Hey, life's short. You know, have (laughs) fun with your nativity.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so we're at the end. Did you guys want to talk about anything before I wrap up the show?
2: My only other fun fact for me was me and Tony Collette have the same birthday. That really? made me happy. Yeah, <laughs> you awesome. don't need to add that. That just made me happy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I did. I did want to just have a honorable mention for the sound design. Um, yes, there's no Oscar for sound design, but if there were, this movie should get it because uh, it's just incredibly immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. I, I, I won't say anything further about that but if you have the means to watch this on a nice sound system you should i
2: have to agree too with like even just like the music they picked because at the beginning it started with beginning to look a lot like christmas and then the ending scene when you like he comes downstairs for christmas it's have yourself a merry little christmas um was there and then let me see my notes real fast let me And then at the end, when they realize it was real and they see the bell, it's Santa Claus is coming to town. It just, it was really fun and playful with the Christmas mm. music to go along mm-hmm. with like what's happening in yeah. each scene. And yeah, they they did a great job with with the music and the sounds, like you were saying. Ugh, fun, so fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, like this is definitely a slept-on movie because like. It is a finely crafted film, like the sound design, where you actually feel like you're in the house and the wind is blowing and like with the music, like it's perfectly picked for each scene. Like it's a great movie. And like, I don't know, like not a lot of people are, don't even know it exists. Like people should definitely check out Krampus.
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of thought, a lot of love that went into it.
1: Yeah, from like the lore to even like the acting, like no one no one takes this job for granted. Like they definitely give it their all and I truly appreciate that. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Krampus. Please check it out where it is available. And now I'm going to take a moment to thank my guests, Allie and Aaron, for coming on to the show. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and celebrating Christmas once again.
2: It's my favorite part of the holidays now. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Always a joy. Oh my God, that warms my heart. That's amazing. Hopefully next year, if we're all still here, and the Delta really didn't get us.
2: <laughs> if Krampus doesn't take me, sure. <laughs> yes.
1: If Krampus doesn't Omicron take me, Omicron doesn't hunt us down. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. But if you like to hear more of Aaron, please check him out on his podcast, WSTR Galactic Public Access, wherever you find your podcasts. And if you want to see more of Allie on Twitch, please follow her at twitch.tv forward slash juicebox online. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicates, that is Syndicates, on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord, feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can catch myself, along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others. But if we miss anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. It's the most wonderful time of-